Hello and welcome to episode 56 of Just Keep Writing, a podcast for writers, by writers, to keep you writing. I'm Marshall. And I'm Brent. And with us this week is Nia Davenport. Thank you so, so much for hanging out with us. I know we've had some tech issues before this, so thanks for hanging in there and I'm glad we're doing this right now. How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, Not a problem. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, and this is going to be interesting for people that have been listening to this show for a while because um, there are two people noticeably missing here, um, Will and Nick, who are a staple of the show, obviously, if you've been listening. Um, but it's just me, Brent, and Nia this week. And this particular show is, I don't want to say a spinoff, but it's a version of this show that we're going to do um, periodically. And um, really, it's going to be kind of centering around Black writers. Um, and so we're kind of calling this Just Keep Writing While Black which is kind of the tentative thing right now. So um, we're, we're having fun with it. So we're hoping that this is something we can do uh, periodically and um, and really focus on, you know, half the show lately has been two black folks who've been trying to, you know, get our writing published and stuff like that. And, and so we've had these conversations within the group and I'm going to turn it over to Brent to kind of talk about how the idea came along and kind of what we want to do with this show. But um, Brent, this is kind of cool. It's just us, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of. I mean, I miss Will and Nick, so I hope they don't feel bad. Oh, but, sure. I, mean, I, I, I like that. You know, we're kind of getting this time to just, just be the two of us. Um, so the whole idea behind like doing just keep writing while black was um to kind of showcase like black creators and how our journey tends to be different in the industry and the different hurdles and obstacles and, you know, trials and tribulations that we go through. And I think that's why calling it Wild Black is like such a cool title because like typically Wild Black is something we say in a negative connotation. It's like driving Wild Black, walking Wild Black. Mm-hmm. And, you know, writing Wild Black, I-, I think is a brilliant statement because like, unfortunately for a lot of us, this thing that we love can sometimes be a negative thing. And, but it can also be a joyous thing. And that was one of the things um, I wanted to kind of like bring to this when me, Marshall and uh, Will and Nick first talked about it was just kind of giving black authors space to talk about these things and bringing black authors in at like all stages of their careers. Cause uh, before the show started, I was kind of telling Nia that um, it seems like, unfortunately, no one wants to talk to black authors until we've actually made it until we're actually successful and we're in the industry and we've already survived all of those things that get thrown at us and they don't want to talk to us along the way. So I wanted to kind of rebuke that a little bit and make space for, you know, black authors at all stages. So that was kind of the idea. And uh, yeah, I, I wanted Nia to be the first person just because like we've known each other for a few years now. And um, I got to tell you, Nia is like one of the most persistent writers I have ever met. Like, um, there has been so much thrown at her that a lot of other people would have been like, I'm done. I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm walking away. And um, Nia has like persisted time and time and time again. And yeah, like it's just been such an example for me and, you know, something I definitely tried to emulate. So I was like, Nia's got to be first. Absolutely. <laughs> and we're stoked to have you, honestly. And so on that note, um, since our listeners are probably unfamiliar with you, would you like to tell them a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your journey, what you got going on? Um, and then we'll kind of dive into this, um, kind of what we've been going through while we're writing. So thank um, you. 
I'm Nia. I'm a writer. I don't think there's ever been a time where I haven't been a writer. Um, there's a story where I was, I could have been no more than like four or five. And I, um, my grandmother was a teacher. And so I would sit at the table with her and she'd be like, this was like old school days where like teachers would have to like write out their lesson plans. Right. So I, there's a story my family loves to tell that I would sit at the table with her and I couldn't actually write letters then. So I was like scribbling out like scratch like scratch scratch and my grandmother would be like what are you writing and i would like have a whole story just like that i would start spewing out from start to finish and i would tell the same story every time she asked <laughs> um so fast forward 34 years and here i am um science fiction fantasy is my jam um i can't imagine or i can't dream of really adoring writing in another genre more than that um it's just really fucking cool to be able to play with like immortality and gods and monsters um and vampires when i can get away with it because <laughs> you know they go in and out of trend um but as soon as they back i'm so there on that one too um <laughs> but that's me in a nutshell um my favorite thing to write about is really badass black girls who like to stab first and ask all the questions later um <laughs> my book coming out is called The Praetorian Trials. It comes out in April 2022 with Harper Voyager. And it features a badass black girl who she stabs first with blood spikes because um, she has blood magic and she asks questions later. And it's just fun to really dig deep and explore justifiably just being fucking pissed at a world that throws all the shit at you while you're black. Um, and building a character where like she can literally throw all the shit back at the world, you know, and come out on top. Ah, I love it. You, I want to read that book so bad. (laughs) Um, and, and I think, I think you kind of touched on something there. Um, and so this, this, I'm going to talk about that in a second, but, uh, I think this topic we're going to kind of this week or this episode talk about kind of, uh, what did you say? Query to deal kind of somewhere in between there. So, but yep. before we get to that, I, I, I want to go back to something that you just said, like, it's nice to be able to throw something back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a black writer, um, for me, I have been living in mostly white communities and part of the impetus of this show too, was the fact that I don't have a black community really around me. Right. Um, and I've, I've got to know Brent and he's like one of my favorite people. You are also one of my favorite people now, Nia, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I just, I really wanted to kind of expand a little bit and, and talk to people that are going through some of the things that I've been going through. So, um, when we talk about throwing things back or we talk about dealing with some of the things that we have dealt with as black writers, if we, if we go in, if we're going to keep it around querying to deal, what is something, and, and I know Brent, you have experience in this too. Can you guys talk a little bit about what is think? what are things that we deal with that we would have to deal with that, um, other folks wouldn't have to deal with, I guess, is a nice way of saying that. <laughs> um, I think, we all know who the other folks are, right? Right. I mean, right? Okay. <laughs> um, one thing that really pisses me <laughs> off is that there's this pressure on us to tell a struggle narrative or to, you know, tell a narrative rooted in pain or trauma. And I mm. mean, you can't really write about Blackness without touching on that a little bit. Um, but I don't think we get the freedom that other people get to just tell a cool fucking story, um, whether it be about stab happy girls or about, I don't know, fucking court <laughs> intrigue or like, um, 
fucking Frodo going to like, you know, get the ring to Mortar or whatever. Like we don't get to just really drill down into fantasy and just write for the love of the genre, I feel like. Um, and for the love of the adventure publishing it feels like they're always looking for okay but where's the slavery or okay but mm-hmm. where's the black lives matter or okay but where's the black kid who gets shot in in the street and i mean those are all important topics that we definitely need to like delve into and explore through lit um but also i know myself and tons of friends we also just want to have you know I, I say joy, the joyous black stories. And I and it's funny I say that because I mean <laughs> my girl is literally like stabbing, like leaving a trail of bodies behind. But well, that's I, fun. Yeah, it, it is fun, <laughs> right? Um, just the joy of telling those tried and true fantasy stories where you have your main character who doesn't really uh, I mean, she deals with racism and she deals with sexism, but that's not the core of the story. Um, it's just being having the freedom to tell a story where you're just having fun with those fantasy tropes um, and not always having to lug around the pain that we live through in everyday life. Right. Sometimes I just want to ride a dragon. Why can't I ride a dragon? Like, it's, why is that such a problem? <laughs> it, and, I, you know, I think Nia hits on a good point, too, is like. I think part of the reason they want our pain and our struggle and everything is that deep down, they know what they've done. And so mm-hmm. they they know if what had been done to us was done to them, they would be walking around miserable every damn day. So it's impossible for them to connect with us having joy and connect with us rejecting that experience because they know good and well, if it was the opposite, they would not be do- doing that, you know? So it's like, it's like what these, these black people ain't sad and struggling and, and, and singing Negro spirituals. Like, oh wait, this ain't right. And it's like, it's like I just want to ride a dragon. Like, can I ride a dragon? Damn. Well, and and man, and I love that you guys are saying that because I feel the same way. Like, I've loved fantasy since I can remember. I love dragons are like my favorite thing. I wrote a fantasy novel. It's trunked, obviously, right now. But it's it's one of those things where there are stuff there. And like you said, Nia, there are some of that in the periphery and any fantasy you have, you have racism and you're dealing with stuff like that, especially if you're dealing with multiple uh, races and hierarchies and all that kind of stuff. But well, we can also write stories that are fun as hell and someone can ride a freaking dragon and stab people in the face and, and, <laughs> and, and, and smile about it and have a good time. Right. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I love that you guys um, <laughs> want to write what I'm writing. It's just, it's so fun. Anyway. Um, well, it was beautiful. That, that, I think that's why, like, among many reasons, me and Nia connected. Like, we just we like violent shit, and it was, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, it was and it was like, and and we have fun with it. And it doesn't have to be about blackness. Well, it is about blackness, but not about black pain. It's just about we exist. We can exist without like right the way you want to see us. Like, we don't have to filter ourselves through you and. And I mean, I know Nia can speak to this, but it is a struggle when you're querying to to get past that. Sometimes you really got to. And I think this is something that like black writers querying have to think about a lot more than perhaps white writers is that we have to be very careful with who we query. We have to like do. Mm -hmm. I feel like we have to do so much more research before we even launch our manuscript into the world, just because we got to we got to trust that. Okay, will this person at least be okay with seeing a black person on the dragon, you know? Right. And, um, I mean, look, we saw it happen last week. There, there was an agent that 
that was pretty much what yeah. he was known for. He wanted to struggle. He wanted to struggle there. If that's what he looked for. And if you weren't giving him the struggle narrative, he he traumatized so many young black writers by just ghosting them. So, mm. you know, that's that's the that's what we're up against. And yeah. I think that's, you know, that's rough, right? And it's like you gotta have that community and that fellowship to walk you through those struggles. I know Nia, another thing too, Nia actually, Nia opened my eyes to this, so I may let her explain it, but um, I was dealing with the voice issue, right? Like, oh, I just didn't connect to the voice or, mm. oh, uh, this ca- the character seems to not really, sh- you know, have um, too competent or whatever. And Nia yeah. gave me some really good advice on that. So I don't know, you remember that uh, conversation? Yeah, Nia, it, yeah, I think it, I mean, I've said this so many times. I, I think the time in particular that you're talking about is white writers are right editors, authors, publishing professionals, agents. They tend to filter their stories that they're reading through their experience. And like, I feel like us as black writers and black people, we grow up and live through like this struggle and this pain. Um, And so when we write our characters, we're always writing characters. If this is the time you're talking about, you're yeah, talking about <laughs> we're always writing characters well some where sometimes the agency and the triumph is in just simply fucking existing um and just being happy in the middle of all the bullshit and so you have characters where you write like that and you'll get these white publishing pros who are like i can't connect with the voice or they don't have agency or the struggle you know isn't enough and i'm like no it's because as white individuals y'all don't live with our pain um so you know y'all are used to you know being well not necessarily handed everything but you're used to enjoying a certain level of privilege um to where you can like if i don't know your main character is in this super oppressive situation um you can mouth off or you can automatically like fly off at the handle and you know they call that agency but sometimes um you know, the fight to exist and the fight to live isn't simply like figuring out a way to just navigate through like the story world and just live. Um, and not you, I mean, we can't all the time, like immediately, like take down a bad guy or like you, you know, act, um, in real life, we can't do that because we end up shotting on the news and, oh, they had exactly. a gun. We really didn't. Um, and so I just think that's one thing that us as black writers, we maybe put into our narratives and our story and our characters. Um, and white publishing doesn't seem to get that all of the time. No, it, they don't. Like, I think of all the time and and this is not in any way uh, besmirching YA. So I don't want people to think that, but. <laughs> You you have these these characters these, these white girl characters mm-hmm. who can have mental breakdowns in public and cut up in public and 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 talk to people any kind of way and I'm like and to to publishing oh that's agency she has she's she's making choices but it's like as a black person let me have a break mental breakdown in public I'm liable to get shot mm-hmm. and it's yeah. my fault and you know yeah. and then that's the um. That's what we grow up with. And, and what Nia was kind of saying, I guess, to kind of like give y'all more details. I have a character, like, I like competent characters. I like characters who don't, you know, who don't fall apart at the first struggle, right? Like, and Nia was kind of explaining to me and she opened my eyes to it. It's like, well, that's how most black people live. Like, we can't fall apart. Like, we don't have the option yeah. to fall apart. 
And so it goes, it filters through our stories, but you know, white publishing doesn't connect with that because they don't necessarily have those issues. And, and on that note, on I've, you know, in my community and things, you know, I'm a teacher myself, you know, in a, and I'm the only black teacher in my district. Um, you know, I'm on a committee with a bunch of white folks trying to figure out something about the name of my town that's named after a Confederate general. And I have these conversations all the time. Right. But what's interesting is, is what you just said, Brent, if I get mad or if I, I flew off the handle. I didn't fly off the handle, but I got angry the other day talking to somebody about an issue about um, some of the profile pictures that the students have on campus in virtual learning right now because they are literally anti Black Lives Matter symbols, period. But it's not in the dress code. It's not something that's blatant. But if I get mad about it and I say something, then immediately I'm. I'm the angry black guy. Of course I'm mad about that. I'm too sensitive. And it's like, if we're writing black characters, right? If, if, if the characters are writing are black, they will have, and even if they're having adventures, they're still going to be that depending on the society you're writing, I guess, but they're still going to be those things that come along with just being black. And like you were saying, they just existing, just being right. Um, so it's, it's frustrating to, try to I, if i were to have a mental breakdown or get mad then it's like oh black dude's mad again shocking right and it's like it's immediately kind of a dismissal and it's it's a really a frustration in, in in a lot of aspects of my life for sure so yeah and i and i think you know that also i think that also plays into publishing and how like black writers can't get mad in public about things or when mm-hmm. we do it's like like oh there they go again like yeah. it's never oh it's mob. right 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 <laughs> it's like oh oh this the mob here they come and it's like <laughs> no and, and you know it's some someone actually kind of said this in the um Slack I'm in and I was like it's so true it's like by the time we're yelling we have already tried to be gentle with you multiple times so and, many times yeah and it's like by the time you done pissed us off we've went through five different steps. And I'm sure for Nia, it's even worse because black women automatically, you guys are angry and any emotion. It's like, ah, it's the black woman. Here she comes. <laughs> well, so, okay, not to, um, <laughs> I want to get off too far on the tangent because I don't, yeah, we I don't talk know about where we got to, time. but here we are. Yeah. So, um, the re- one of the major reasons too I wanted to bring um, Nia on, like, so I'm not going to speak for your journey for you, but I know you queried a book and then you got an mm-hmm. agent with that book. And then you went on submission with that book. So you kind of want to like <laughs> fill us in on how that went. All right. Cause see, yeah, there's okay. a reason. You, see, you know why I'm bringing this up. You know why I'm bringing okay, this up. Okay. So the book I queried my agent with and went on submission with the first time is not Praetorian Charles. It's not the book that I'm debuting with. Um, it was a wife fantasy. It was a Hades and Persephone retelling. I think it's fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> it had, <laughs> it had I can never, see Brent's face. It's amazing. <laughs> it had none of the struggle narrative. Um, it was dark, it was gritty. I mean, I really, really loved it. It had like this vicious like mother figure who was literally trying to kill her kids. It was great. Um Sounds she amazing. basically <laughs> like murdered the king of hell and took over. It, it was awesome. Um, but it 
lack, like I said, none of the trauma, I feel like. Um, and so my agent, Katie Flum, she's awesome. And she saw the vision um, and she signed me and we went on submission with it. But I Brent can tell you, I got rejection after rejection that was like, um, this, that was glowing and complimentary of the writing itself or the story itself, but mm. was, we don't have space for this, or this won't stand out in a crowded market. Um, or it won't stand out within the other stories that are on our list, which we all know. I mean, you learn, and that's code for, we already have our mm-hmm. one, um, mm-hmm. or this is a black story, but it's not, you know, way down in like the struggle. And we, we're, you 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 know we don't assign value or like weight to your non-struggle narratives um mm-hmm. so i'm like okay so we can have like brent said not to knock way i love way i write way um but we can <laughs> have a million fucking white girls um you know that's just having you know that standard fantasy story where they are the underdog and they fight the magical big bad and then they come out on top and um mm-hmm. get there happily ever ever after but the minute you know i try to give you a black girl fantasy story that's a contemporary fantasy um with demons and fae and low-key vampires that i just put in disguise (laughs) (laughs) i like that i like that um because i'm gonna get away with it if you allow me (laughs) (laughs) i think you might like vampires now i support you i do i do (laughs) Oh, but yeah. So the minute we try to, you know, just have a black girl fantasy story that's, you know, a traditional contemporary fantasy and not rooted in, you know, the trauma or our struggle. um, I got all these rejections that was just like, there's no space. This is not going to stand out. Um, And it's really unfair. And it pisses you off because it's like right behind that. You see all these brand new acquisitions, right? Um, Of the same stories over and over (laughs) again, that's literally dealing with or like employing all of the tropes that your story is employing. Um, Mm. But because it's a black girl, it's not enough. It's not different enough. It has to be something another element to make it appealing um so long story short um it was called the dark and shadow destiny it did not sell um we ended up shelving it um and i wrote i already had praetorian trials wrote um and so i went into revisions for praetorian trials um Mm -hmm. and we subbed it with the strategy of writing it as like a crossover knock novel so we subbed it to both editors on the adult and the YA side I don't know if I'm supposed to say that but we did um it'll be all right (laughs) okay we subbed them uh, we subbed it on both sides um and Harper Voyager David Pamerica over there is the awesome editor that picked it up um and he saw the vision that it's not just i mean yes like i said she deals with racism she deals with sexism that literally first chapter is her having a bar fight where she like breaks somebody's Mm -hmm. ribs and smashes their nose in because they you know call her that world's equivalent of the n-word um and she's fuck you and fuck this <laughs> and she goes off and beats his ass which she should right yeah. um but he saw past the fact that it wasn't just about that it's really this huge story um about a girl who has fucking cool blood magic that she has to hide um i'm not well versed on what i can say and cannot say because of spoilers so i'll try to keep it like on the <laughs> uh sparse in but she has to hide it for a really cool reason um and more than you know the struggle that she deals with the 
like the story is really about at the start she finds out that these fuckers killed her grandfather who are and she's like i i want them dead i want all of their fucking heads um mm. and so she throws her bid into train and become like one of these elite soldiers of her republic so that she can earn the rank to basically slaughter all of the racist fuckers um who oh, conspired I love everything about what you said <laughs> it's so good it's so I love good. everything I that you both. just said yeah i swear i'm just like can i read this now or why don't i have this yet <laughs> see yeah. i've had the privilege of at least in the most current i haven't read the most current form but i had the privilege of reading both of those and yes yes, yes. like <laughs> and, and it pisses me off that unfortunately nia had to go through so much just to get this deal because like she said like there's so many books that always get announced that are talking about the exact same thing mm-hmm. and i mean i'll say it's i'm blue in the face but I would put up just about any unagented black author against some of these agented white authors. And I guarantee the black authors probably because, see, this is the thing we have to our craft before we even query has to be excellent. It has to be banged on because, again, and I think it's that disconnect, like they don't want to take the time to groom us up the way that they will a white author. Like, we need to come in and be the next hot thing. Like, we're not supposed to be something that they have to work on. It needs work. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I can tell you. Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead, Nia. I didn't want to cut you off. No, I just, I just, I can't tell you how many times it has driven me fucking nuts that you hear these stories about these white authors who they get an agent or they get a deal and then they like revise like 90% of the book like they rip it apart and have to yep. revise it but then we're told oh your book has to be like quarry ready or submission ready whatever the fuck that means if you're still having to rip it apart <laughs> um and <laughs> um but I just feel like we're held to a higher standard so you know they nitpick about oh the pacing might be a little bit off or oh this arc needs to be pulled through or oh we need to like you you know rearrange some of the plot elements it's like okay i understand that but also where is the bar here if like i said you hear these stories about these non-black um writers who are getting deals and they're tearing the book apart any anyways i've i've heard very limited if no stories about um black writers um oh yeah no like yeah. <laughs> and, and not just deals but like big deals like six yeah yeah deals. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I mean, I was floored. I went to this one book, so I'm not going to say the person's name because I don't want them to feel called out. But this person was 23, and they got a six-figure six deal, and I read the book. Not bad writing. It was not bad. But it wasn't a damn thing special about that book to deserve six figures. And mm-hmm. I was just like, and I, I mean, I, I think about, I thought about writers like Nia and other writers that um, we mutually know, and I'm just like, they're all fucking better than this. And some of them are still struggling to find an agent. I'm like, this makes no damn sense. And, and, and I, and I think too, just to, you know, not, to, not to throw all our ages out there, but there's a reason that black authors, I think you see a lot of us will debut in our thirties versus them debuting in their twenties. And I think that's a huge part of it. Uh- and I have a question about that too, as a man who may or may not be in his forties. Um, so I, what do you think is the, 
well, we know what kind of the issue is that we're talking around, but as far as the agents go, is there something there? Like, I guess what I'm trying to get to, because we've kind of covered a, a number of things here, but what, what can change to help, help it not take us so long, right? Is it, is it not enough agents out there that are willing to, to take us on? I mean, I, I, and I don't know enough about the industry like you guys do to kind of see what the, you know, but as far as agents go, like I know a few agents and it's like, you know, recently, especially after last summer, you know, a lot of calls for black authors and, you know, black queries and stuff like that. But it's like, is that, that's a fairly recent thing. So up until now, has it just been something that's very easy to dismiss because we're going to tear it apart anyway, like you were saying, or what, like, is it, is it, is it at the agent level? Like what, what do we go, what do we got to do to help, to help, uh, help our community? You know what I mean? I- I'll let you run that one first, Nia. Okay. We got to run first. Wow. That's a tough one. But it, you know, it's a question that I have asked myself so much over this journey from querying to deal. Um, because I, I queried maybe like it had to have been like over a hundred agents and I only got an offer from one. Um, and I mean, like I said, she legitimately put in the work, like a dark and shadow destiny was by no means perfect when I queried Mm -hmm. her, um, to the point where she gave me edits back. And I was like, why the hell did you sign this? Um, um, but I, I appreciate it because I felt like I was given the same opportunity that our, you know, white counterparts are given in that sense um, to where she saw the larger vision and the larger talent and potential um, and worked with me to really rip it apart and get it in a place where it needed to be. And I just I feel like we need one more agents who are willing to recognize um, that black stories have power and that black stories like just throw that bullshit notion that they're not marketable um, or that they can't sell just out the window. Cause that's not true at all. Um, so more agents who are willing to recognize that I think more agents who can think through their biases. Cause a lot of the times it may not even be something that's malicious or that's being intentionally done, but it's that I can't connect with the voice um, mm. or this character didn't have enough agency or the structure or the pacing was was like off and the question becomes what standard are you comparing this against um because i i bitch about this all the time so (laughs) when you say you can't connect with the voice as a white person how could you possibly connect with my voice um so that literally should be a non-existent reason to reject the manuscript in my opinion um because you couldn't even fathom so it's, it's not like, can you connect with the voice? But my my thing is you should be asking yourself, can I step outside my own identity for two seconds um, and really more objectively evaluate this manuscript? Is a good story being told? Right. Um, because you're not going to connect with the voice if you if you have if I'm writing about my lived experience and you. Ha- don't even come close to living it. Um, yeah, if so they I- haven't lived it, they can't connect on that. Yeah. So it's about the, yeah. at that point, it's the story, it's the writing, it's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I think it's also realizing that there's more than one way to tell a story. A lot of the time, publishing um, kind of like judges you by the Western hero's journey structure. Um, and that's culturally, that's not how all of us will tell a story. Um, even if it's something that we as Black writers are unintentionally doing, we come from a tradition of like oral histories yeah. um, and maybe not so linear narratives. Um, and we definitely have our own cadences and rhythms um, and like even like moods and styles and tones that may be different than what, you know, the... I don't want to say derivative, but you know, the traditional expectations are um, right. it's just recognizing that culturally my story may look different than like my white counterpart story, but that doesn't mean my story is like worse in craft or has less of a value. Yeah. Like I love that Nia like harps on about that though. Cause I'm in absolute agreement. It's like, how could you connect with our voice? Like what you should be asking is, this a good story? Does this person have their craft? Right. Do because it, it just seems, I don't know, it seems very, like, hypocritical to me to be like, oh, I welcome the voice, diverse voices. Yes, please query me. I want you in my inbox. And then you hit them with that. Like, yeah. it's such a it, it's such a mindfuck for a lot of Black writers, I think, when we query. Because a lot of these people will do, they do a very good job of lip service and saying that, I was especially after last summer, that, oh, I want Black voices, Black people query me, Black people hit me up. Do you know the amount of like black writers that like never heard back from some of these agents or got ghosted by these agents or like I bet mm -hmm. or like just got standard form responses? Like my thing is is like if and, and I think too this is one the things um I think about a lot is that I think a big part of the reason that you know a lot of black authors we debut later in life is because most of us are working class like yes. we don't have the privilege of having someone take care of us, or have someone pay our bills or somebody we can fall back on. We have to work and write. We have to have kids and write. We have to like take care of our families and write. And it's like, it, I, and just saying that is like, makes me so impressed with black writers even more now because right. we do all that and we still excel. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's the crazy part. But um, I think definitely I need like I need the industry as a whole to grasp that reality and understand that like y'all gonna have to start meeting some of these black writers where they're at and stop asking them to meet you where you are. And um also too, just like marketable, what the hell is that? Like they they yeah. barely tap into the black market. Like the fact yeah. that the fact that I've never seen a book ad running an ebony magazine, or I've never seen mm -hmm. like a book ad like I don't know that they've never tried to like hit up a, a black media outlet. Like I never yeah. see that. Like I never see that. And it blows my mind. So I just feel like before they talk about marketability, it's like, are you actually even trying? Like, I don't even feel like you even giving it, a, giving any effort to it. So, um, well, and, yeah. And I like what you said, Brent too, about as far as, you know, seeing where we're at, I think is really important. And, and I've worked multiple jobs my whole life and managed to just try to write when I can. And I'm, and you know, like I said, I'm my forties and I'm like, Oh, cool. I might have finished a second book soon. And it's like, that's a, that's a big deal. The fact that I've done what I've done considering what I'm doing. Right. But yeah. as far as marketability and stuff goes too, like, what is the, um, stop making it about 
them, I think is what needs to happen. Like there's a filter that is turning on and I find this in these conversations I'm having about race and stuff, especially after last summer and, and some of the things that I've, I've written since then. It's like, how is it about you? Right? Like I'm telling this story, like it somehow it comes back to being about them and it's in, in, in infuriating. It's like, yes. I'm telling you a story. And and they're like, well, I've never dealt with racism. And I was like, or I've never seen racism in this town. I was like, no shit. Yeah, of course. Of the, course the, you The streets it. around the corner from me are named after your family. Yeah. You're, you're a white dude who's lived here your whole life. Of course not. But yeah, of course that you aside, haven't seen it. But that's what I'm saying. Of course you haven't seen it. But understand that the the stories we are telling are real. And 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 it's and and that should be enough, right? Um, right. And it's, it's it's really interesting how quickly that turns. And I think that's why, like you were saying before, you know, you were getting ghosted and all these other things are happening. It's like, oh, that's not what I thought I was going to get, you know. And and now I feel bad about myself and what I'm dealing with because of these stories coming through. And and yeah. I don't know if that's something to do with it, but I think I think for sure it's uh, got to be got to be part of it, right? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, me and Neve talked about it. Like, how many black authors? when their covers drop, but like, oh my God, finally, a black person on the cover, finally. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're seeing a lot more of it, but that you, there's no near nearly enough. And I like know with Praetorian Charles, I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait to see I kill him with some badass blood daggers on the cover or some shit, you know, because for I already a time- I got an image in my head about it. I love it. Oh, she's <laughs> such a cool character. But like for a time, like there was like this idea that like black people on book covers weren't going to sell books. And right. and now all of a sudden it's like we have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing to get them to understand what we're telling them. And yeah, I, I don't even know where I was going with that, but um, yeah, it's just it's just so frustrating. It is. I think the even more frustrating thing is now you we've come to and I won't name names slapping a black character on a book that's not written by a black person. I just was. Book. Yes. <laughs> yes. What? what did I miss? Oh yes, that happened, Mark. I mean, not Mark. Lord Jesus, Marshall. That happened. But we're there supposedly was, not marketable. Okay. Yeah, we're supposedly not marketable, but there was an author out there who had a black woman on his cover reveal, and she's not even a main character in the book. And slapped. Yeah, it what? was. It, yeah, it was. It was quite the controversy um, for a little bit, and it. I mean, for me at least, it. Uh, I mean, it was one of those jaw dropping moments. I was like, I can't believe they did that shit, right? And because it, it was like, because because I know, and especially for black women, I know the shit that black women get about trying to one get getting themselves on the cover in the first place, but two, even if they're getting themselves on the cover, making sure it's not some Eurocentric whitewashed version mm-hmm. of a black woman on the cover. So it's like for you as a non-black person, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even feel comfortable with that as a black man, to be honest. So let alone wow. to be non-black and to do that. And then not even the main character. It was like it just came off exploitative as hell. And and Nia brings up a good point. I'm scared we're at that inflection point now that like all the hard work that the right black writers in the trenches have done is now going to be seen as profitable and other groups are going to swoop in and take advantage mm-hmm. of it. And I'm scared mm-hmm. we're at that point, but yeah. that's a whole nother topic. So <laughs> yeah, that's that. Oh man. I don't even want to think about that, but yes, that is a whole nother topic for sure. So 
at this point, um, is there anything else in your journey to the point to like, Neo, in about a year, you have a book coming out. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else along your journey that you felt like that you were running up against? Since we're talking about querying to deal at this point, you got your deal. Is Were there any other things that you want to tell us that you ran up against that you don't think you would have had to deal with if you weren't Black? Um, I feel like one thing is worrying and obsessing about needing to get the content out now. Um, and I feel like I shouldn't have to be or feel like I'm in competition with with my peers, if that makes sense. Um, so like publishing has a really bad um, habit of like perpetrating like the Highlander syndrome, right? So like there can only be one. Mm-hmm. Once we have the one, like that's it. Or once we buy this one type of story, there's no room for it anything else um so i feel like i always feel like with every new project i always feel like this sort of rush to like get it done and get it pitched and um get it out there because i'm like okay so if i get beat to the punchline yay that's great because i'm always here for like more black stories and more black rep but also then how does that you know diminish my story or will that diminish my story or will that affect if i can sell it um behind that um or publishing going to you know close the gate and be like nope sorry we we already have the one um mm. there's no room for anymore that's so frustrating yeah it is i don't know I, I i just don't i just can't believe as far as how many stories we have that we see on tv you know the amount of books in the bookstore it just it blows my mind that at some point we've hit capacity on what we can get you know what i mean like there's somebody out there that's get, that can consume it so what are we limiting and why you know and i think that cause Putting that into question, I think is uh, is important. I think. What What about you, Brent? Because I know you run around in in other circles as far as you know, Fire Magazine and you know, uh, editing and stuff like that. So, are there things that you've seen that um, that you can talk about as far as uh, hurdles or barriers? So yeah, I mean, like my querying process is sort of just begun. Like I tried to query one book and like, I'm not in the process of trying to get ready to query another. And, um, just for, at least for me, I think the hardest part is like trying to decipher which criticism is actual criticism that matters versus which criticism is based in race. And I think for anybody who, (laughs) for any black person, we know we question ourselves like a dozen times before we finally say, nah, this is a racial thing. Like, and and I know popular opinion isn't that we don't do that. Like people think we just automatically assume, well, it's racism. Like, no, we actually filter it through our heads. I mean, I've asked Nia multiple times. I'm like, what do you think about this? Like, what do you think about what this person (laughs) said? Like, and you know, it's like, so I think that's, if I was going to give advice to like any black writers out there about the query, just have friends that can support you in those moments where you're doubting yourself and that can be honest about you when, well, honest to you when like, you know, if it is a craft issue or if it is a story issue, like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, cause it is, it, it doing it alone. I promise you it's, it's, it's hard. Like it's hard doing it with the fan, with community. So I would definitely recommend just like, you know, build your mental fortitude up, be prepared for, you know, those issues, those struggles, and just understand that, like, not every criticism you receive is actually going to be valid and something you need to take action on. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate you guys uh, 
talking about this stuff. I mean, honestly, like I'm at a different stage than you guys are. Um, I, I queried back in the day with my first novel, but, um, you know, you know, I collected a few rejection letters. I've collected several short story rejection letters from various outlets, you know, and, you know, I, I did some black publications and some not. So it's not only that, but at the same time, like, I think it's important that we have these conversations. And part of the impetus of this podcast was creating a community. Right. And I like that we're trying that we're broadening this and, and, and having this little, I keep calling the spinoff because you know, whatever, but um, the spinoff of the show, because um, this is, this is the only time I get to sit down and, and, and talk about these things um, with people that are going to be like, well, is it really what you thought? And it's kind of what you, what you were just saying, Brent, it's like, yeah. why are you like, I, it's not that I just immediately go, that was racist. It's like, okay, I've experienced racism enough in my life to know, okay, I run it through the filters. Like you said in your brain, it's like, okay, yes, that was racist. Or I turn to somebody I know, like you said too. And it's like, am I crazy? Or is this racist? And, yeah. and you know, and, and these are the things that we, um, that we run up against. And um, I don't know, uh, I want to, I think we should start to wrap up a little bit, but is there anything else on this topic that either of you want to throw out there or, cause I, I'm going to throw it to Nia in a second to talk about her stuff again, real quick. Uh, I think it's something <laughs> positive on the, on the on yeah, positive, positive is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Write what you want to write. Like, don't try to write the market. Write and stay true to yourself. Don't let, you know, the pressures of social media or other writers or whatever try to stray you away from your voice and what you really want to do. Like, write what you love and you will find people who love what you love. Like, that's how me and Nia found each other. So, (laughs) So just, yeah, write what you love. And and just be confident because I mean to get this far you have the skills, um so definitely don't let publishing you know smash through that confidence because they only know what they're talking about like fifty percent of the time. Let's be honest, <laughs> the other fifty percent of the time is all just subjective anyway. So just being able, like Brent said earlier, um to weed out the objective. Okay, this is something I should work at in the subjective oh i can dismiss that because that's a person's opinion yeah for sure um you guys are both awesome and i really appreciate your guys's time tonight to do this um nia i'm not gonna let you go before you let people know how they can like follow you on social media or or sign up for a newsletter or something to get to know about this book that i thought might have been coming out in april but it's like i wish i wish maybe next year Do we have started talking covers, so I get to, you know, talk fun <sighs> cover things soon. Um, I'm on Twitter. It's at Nia underscore Davenport. Um, I'm on Instagram, Nia.Davenport. My website is nedavenport.com. Um, you can definitely go there to sign up for the newsletter. The book is The Praetorian Trials. It's out April 2022. Um, and you can, if you're a Goodreads person, it's definitely already up up on Goodreads for you for you to add. Um, and actually, I was telling Brent the other day, p- publication got pushed up to April. At first, it was the fall. Um, oh. So we did it early. Woot woot. Um, nice. So hopefully, like I said, good stuff like covers and pre-order links and all of that should definitely be out super, super soon. Um, but like I said, my website is nedavenport.com. There's a newsletter that you can sign up for. Um, and I can keep people up to date on when all of that fun stuff gets off the ground yeah awesome and we will definitely put all that in the show notes um thank you again (laughs) nia for uh for being with us and um i can't 
don't think I can let you go without asking one more question. Sure. Um, because this isn't really technically a, a, an interview, but which I appreciate your time. And I'm sorry, it's just gonna be like one more minute. But the our show is called Just Keep Writing. So what keeps you writing, Mia? Wow. Okay. So what keeps me writing? The fact that I have Brent can tell you, I get like a million really cool story ideas a day. Um, and oh, wow. even the times where I've been like, I'm over it, I'm not doing this, it's it's not worth it. I'm just done. Another story idea will literally like ram into me. And it's just <laughs> that itch and that like, oh my God, like that hunger and that drive, like I have to get this story out. Um, because when I'm writing it, it's the most fun, entertaining, fulfilling, cool thing in the world. My family can tell you, I will sit there and write over watching TV or like doing something else like for <laughs> Because like I said, what's I mean, you can't get any more fun than like I said, writing about black girls who like stab people in the throat. Then <laughs> 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 go on and ride a dragon or like snatch a whole crown. Um, you know, <laughs> country. So you know, <laughs> I'm well, like, no, this, this is where the entertainment at. So that's what keeps me writing, just the fun and the thrill of telling the story and live it's like when you write a story you get to live like a thousand different lives within your one finite human life um and it's the most amazing thing in the world and i'm no good because every time she tells me an idea i'm like yes write it yes 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 write it like have you written that yet So one little thing, I forgot to mention this earlier. This is actually Nia's very first podcast appearance as a writer. So I am like super privileged. Yeah. So I'm super privileged that we got to be your very first podcast appearance. Like that's like, ah, especially once Praetorian blows up, I'm going to be like, well, she was here first. So, ah. And um, speaking of that, when might- when that gets closer, we are having you back again. And oh, you've already admitted to that to Will earlier, so yes. you're coming back. <laughs> we can't wait to have you back. Thank you so much for being Thank on the show. You. Thank really you. appreciate it. <laughs> and this has been Just Keep Writing, a podcast for writers, by writers, to keep you writing. You can find us at justkeepwriting.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Feel free to reach out to any of us on our social medias. And please jump in our Just Keep Writing Discord channel. Links to all of that is in the show notes. Lastly, please support our show by going to patreon.com slash justkeepwriting. We offer daily writing prompts, early access to podcast episodes, and much more. Thanks for listening, and just keep writing.